everybody, and welcome to this month's edition of a Study in Games podcast from Little Rock Games. We are in season eight, and this is episode two. I'm Brad. I'm Joe. I'm Olivia. I'm Robbie. And I'm Tanner. And as with the past several episodes that we've had, uh, we are all coming to you live pre-recorded from a Zoom session. We wish that we could all be face-to-face again to chat about these kinds of things, but you know how the world is working these days. Um, So if our audio sounds a little bit different, that's why, Uh, but surely you're used to that sort of thing by now as the world has has had to get used to that too. Um, This month for episode two of season eight, um, well, or rather in this season, we are playing short games and each of us have picked two games instead of the usual one game that we talk about. And we've picked two very short games um, designed to be played within two hours or less. Um, and this month, it was my turn to pick. And I picked Airy Calm Mind by Epixar Games UG. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And Model City by GTGD. Um, these are both... Uh, Super short, super simple, uh, very straightforward kind of games. Uh, Airy is a game where you fly around, you're sort of a bird, and you fly through different 3D landscapes. And it's the whole idea is that you're uh, calming yourself down and you can collect these little bubble things that are floating in the sky if you want to, or you could just fly around and listen to the nice music. Um, It's meant to be sort of a meditative experience. And then Model City is a sort of a grid-based city builder where you're filling up a tiled area with one of five types of uh, city tiles. And then the city kind of grows depending on um, how you've arranged these relative to each other. And there are sort of ways to tweak and, and try to get the biggest high score, the most valuable city by placing them all in the right combinations. Um, so having said that, Let's jump right in. Uh, what did you guys think of either or both of these games, Airy, Calm Mind, and Model City? I feel like Airy, on paper, and even when presented in screenshots, is uh, the exactly the sort of relaxing experience that I would want sort of out of a micro game. I don't think that one quite hit the mark. And I could see what Model City was going for. Yeah, yeah. But but I I I feel like they're maybe early in their journey in terms of getting there. Yeah, yeah. I could see that too. I could see that too. Uh, what about the rest of you guys? Yeah, I mean, they did feel like you mentioned that they're simplistic, and they are. I mean, they they did feel like they were sort of just like trying out an idea or like. Um, there's not a lot to them, which is not a bad thing in and yeah. of itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, so they, they just lacked some polish. Um, and sometimes it was hard to sort of see the game to them. I'm actually curious, you know, we can talk about this a little bit later about like, you know, like, is it really a game? <laughs> like, especially with Aerie, it's more of like a, like you mentioned, meditative experience um is that the same thing and you know it's something we've talked about before but um but you know i thought that they were they were fine and they were um they definitely it it was interesting that you picked um these two games which in some ways are similar um because model city does have you sort of it's sort of like a puzzle more than it it felt like yeah um you know there there weren't many like many decisions outside of basically each game can play out exactly the same way because you have the same tools there's like almost no randomness or surprise there mm-hmm. um and so but it's also self-contained to like you're building this one city and that is you know this run it sort of has that sort of format um whereas area is just sort of like i don't know just fly around um but they are both short but i guess technically they don't um airy isn't really constrained like it's not it doesn't really have like a beginning and an ending within a time frame but yeah it definitely doesn't take long to sort of see what it has to offer um uh, i'll just throw in here that um model city is just a single 
a game unto itself. Aerie, on the other hand, there are several versions of it. We played the Calm Mind version, but if you go on Steam and just look up Aerie, there's a Little Bird Adventure and uh, A Journey Beyond Time, and there's a whole bundle of these. Uh, so there's there's five uh, five different games or five or six uh, different games in this series that are they seem to be doing exactly the same thing and they uh i haven't played the other ones but they seem to be doing the same thing but with different broader maps um but yeah i just wanted to throw that in there to kind of uh, make a difference or show a difference between these two types of games um joe tanner what did you guys think Tanner, uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I have to, to unmute. <laughs> no, back and you're forth. okay. I wasn't trying to criticize you there. I just didn't wasn't ready to talk yet, and I was hoping you would dive in. <laughs> sure. Um, well, I do have thoughts. Um, so I, I think that there is there's a, a nugget of of something that I really enjoy in both of them. Um, like I think it's really interesting that Model City is trying to distill. Uh, the the city builder sort of genre down to the original kind of like sim city like meter balancing yeah um and i i think it's missing sort of like uh, a twist or, or a clincher or something like that to really sort of make that that small scale element work mm -hmm. um but you know i i can imagine some some really interesting variants on that uh sort of a la dwarf romantic um where like the terrain has more of an impact on where you can place tiles and trying to keep things in balance um so especially as like an experiment i think it's it's pretty interesting um and airy uh the same thing like i can I, I definitely enjoyed like flying around the maps and stuff like that i think it made me just sort of want a version of Microsoft Flight Simulator that's easier <laughs> to fly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where I can just sort of like not have any bounds. Yeah. Kind of keep flying. Um, and I think I would even enjoy, you know, something in Aries art style. But like, if you could make it an endless flyer, you know, mm. um, I think it might sort of vibe with me a little bit more like that. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, th I think they're they're both interesting picks for this month um, because of how short they are, and it dives into that that sort of aspect, particularly with Model City of like the refund policy and how it intersects with uh, Steam having like an open platform um, yeah. for games that are just being put out there because i made a thing and if somebody wants it they can play it if not you know whatever yeah um versus kind of like full commercial releases um and, and I, definitely and I, I definitely think that we're we're destined to talk about that in this episode because that's kind of kind of kind of in the background of, of a lot of these games that we're looking at and and the idea of worth and the idea of uh the work that goes into it and then the idea of how the research or the refund policy works um so i think we're we're certainly uh certainly going to talk about that um but yeah 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 uh, uh what about you joe what do you think um so you're on i <laughs> these uh both felt like game jam games to me yeah um, yeah so i can see that like you took 48 hours and you had to put something together. Um, you had some art assets you bought from, you know, Unity. And um, and so, you you know, you just brainstormed some ideas and threw, you know, put them. And I know this is like, I already feel sort of cold saying it this way, but like I, for the, for me, the interesting stuff to talk about is, is like, what are the what are the aesthetic pieces of of a gaming experience that re I really value? So like, it's like so because I think for in both cases with these games, I it was the combination of uh, ultra simple mechanics with kind of ultra simple artwork um, that made it harder. Because I was trying to imagine like if if you had 
these same mechanics, but you had like really like beautiful animations and like, and again, this wouldn't happen, but you had like, you paid somebody a hundred thousand dollars to do all the 3d artwork and you, you know, like you made this gorgeous, um, anyway, like, so I, I was trying to think about that as well. Um, but I think for me, the, the challenge of playing these was the combination of the two. Um, and so, uh, which made them feel just really rough. Um, and so that's the stuff I kind of want to think about. What's, what's the minimum sort of viable mechanical setup for something that makes it fun? And then what's the, what's the role of aesthetics and kind of beautifulness in, in, in my gaming experience or in anyone's, but, but in, for me in particular, I, I guess it matters a lot. Like if I compare say to uh, Dorf Romantique, which also has really simple mechanics, um, but had art that was much more appealing to me. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, um, and it, it also got me thinking about, like you mentioned the platform. So I guess the third interesting thing for me is, is to think about Steam in relation to something like itch.io um, and, and how, um, how each of those gets used. Um, Cause it feels like itch is, is much more of a wild space than Steam, even though Steam, you don't have to do that much to get onto it. Um, anyway, th those are kind of my initial questions and the, the places where I think it's, for me at least, it's worth thinking about. Um, and talking about it. Here's, here's a question of related to your you comparing itch.io to to Steam. In in maybe you guys have the same perception, but it feels to me that uh, that games in Steam are feel a whole lot more like a store and a transaction, and maybe it's the interface of Steam. Whereas games on itch.io seem more almost like a Patreon or a thing where if I'm buying this game or if I'm if, if I'm even interacting with this page, it seems like it's a lot more about me interacting with that 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 developer. Um, whereas on Steam, it feels way more like a uh, like I said, like a transaction, like I'm like I'm I'm buying more of a product mm. and and with that in mind, I mean, if, if that kind of is the case, I wonder, uh, I, I wonder how that um, affects things like the refund policy. If, if, if other people see Steam as more, instead of a conduit to connect to game designers and developers, um, if they see it more like a store, then they're going to, I don't know, I think there's a little more sort of anonymity and uh more of a corporate feel in a weird kind of way even though it doesn't feel like it's not like the walmart but you know does that make any sense does that yeah. you guys yeah. see where i'm going with that yeah it's, so what do, you, what do you think itch to me feels like etsy and steam yeah. is more like amazon yeah 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 that's a that's great that's a good uh that's exactly yeah nice distillation and, robbie nice just yeah, yeah very very and and it does feel like, you know, the because you do per, you can purchase games on itch like there's mm. a lot of games on there that are for sale, but it's definitely framed as like, yeah, like like Etsy or like going to like a craft fair and being like, yeah, this thing is five dollars. And then here's another couple for your tip jar, because I think your work is cool as right. an artist. Right. It has that energy for sure. Um, and, and yeah, these are definitely the sorts of games that I would expect. Like, Joe, you mentioned the Game Jam game. And, and at this point, you know, like I, I don't want to be like critical of these games because I honestly feel like there's nothing wrong with putting a game on Steam that is just a prototype or is just a Game Jam game if you want to. Right. right. Um, but in in our conversation about the refund policy, it's just very, very interesting because, yeah, Steam does. These are honestly the sorts of games that Steam does allow on their platform, but it does not really support them very much right right yeah. like these are the games that i i imagine have very 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 high refund rates um yeah especially model city because it is it's like 30 minutes and you've, you've yeah max. You've pretty much done you you've you've kicked the tires on it you've you've done what you need to, yeah, and that's it that's yeah. that's kind of what it does and yeah it seemed like somebody that was like what if i made a puzzle game with this you know with these assets that i have right yeah. um and anyhow, on one hand, I don't feel like that, that I don't feel like I got like, like cheated. Like it, I definitely feel like, and, and this is coming from somebody who feels like games on Steam in general, like indie games in general are massively underpriced as a mm -hmm. whole. Yeah. Um, these felt like, 
because I, I always try and make a comparison to movie tickets, which is also something that's, you know, really relevant with this mm-hmm. this season of sort of like the length of time, right? Yeah. Like I'm fine spending $15 for a movie ticket, but I don't know, like, because how much um, is Model City on Steam? $5.99. $5.99. So to me, did I get as much enjoyment out of that game as a third of a mediocre movie ticket? Probably not. Like, um, and, and I'm not saying that to say that you know, like, oh, like a garbage game, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fine, and it's interesting that you know, but it does feel like a game jam game. So, um, so, so yeah, and, and I honestly feel like that this is a really interesting conversation to have because thus far our sort of stance has been Steam refund policy bad because mm-hmm. you know these short crystalline experiences don't they developers do not get they they get punished for making these sorts of games yeah um but also when we have games like this it's like you know i um you know it makes me wonder you know it makes me sort of see why the refund policy is in place right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i could definitely see that and i but still i mean I, i feel like i've kind of i want to i want to make the stance and i and i want to I want to be a person who doesn't refund games. I, I want Same. to, yeah. uh, if I'm going to support them, I'm, I'm, I want to commit to that support, especially when it's a $6 game. Um, and the question of, did I get $6 worth of enjoyment out of this? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, I pay, uh, I'll pay six bucks for a cup of coffee and, and a donut. Uh, and do I get as much enjoyment out of that? You know, who could mm-hmm. say? Um, it's there, something that's hard to measure objectively. Yeah, right? well, and, and the, yeah, the other piece of it is to think about itch and Steam in relation to say the uh, the Apple App Store, right? Yeah. So there are a lot of games on the App Store that cost less than six dollars that generate for me at least way more like much more engagement so it's it's really interesting how this is all relative and contextual based on which platform you're on yeah, and that platform we, matters so much yeah the like six dollar mobile game is like oof that's expensive and i yeah, still have that yeah. reaction even knowing that like it's purely the platform and the content yeah absolutely yeah it's a really strange thing uh, i think kingdom rush which is i think you could make a good case is the best tower defense game ever made. Um, that is again, cost six or $7, I think on, 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 on apps, on the app store, but it's like, I think you would can, has anybody ever played it besides me? I don't think no. so. Uh, if you like tower defense games, it's the kingdom rush series. I, I, again, I think you could argue is the best ever made, but um, so yeah, a $6 app store game for like tablet and phone Um you know, that game is as polished as anything I've ever played anywhere. Um, and yeah, it's six bucks. So so it is really wild to think about how we go to these different platforms and suddenly our expectations change, even though the price point is the same. Yeah. Even ports, like, because you can buy whole Final Fantasy games for mobile. Yeah. And it's almost exactly the same game. Yeah. And it's like $10. Uh-huh. And it's like, oof, like, that feels like a lot. But... It really does. It's, it's almost shocking when I see a $6 price tag, even on a great game on uh, on, on, on uh, a mobile. Yeah. Um, and I've seen some ports of uh, – we were talking the other day about um, King of Dragon Pass, which I had ages ago when it first came out on, on – In 1992. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I loved that game, and I, I played the hell out of it on, on computer. But then it came out for uh, – for in the Apple – in the iOS store. Yeah. And it was 9 bucks, and I was like, man, I love that game, and I really want to support the studio that's behind this. But nine bucks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that perception is even even with people like us, I think it's interesting that people like us who think about these things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that it still seems so so yeah. I I feel like what what about and, and I think this will maybe link it back to Aries specifically, because I have a lot of thoughts on that. But you you mentioned the remakes of Final Fantasy, and it does seem like a lot when it's ten dollars. But if Square Enix said, hey, we developed in a brand new, you know, Final Fantasy 18 is for mobile, but it's a fully fledged game. There's no microtransactions. It's just a game and it's yeah. 
I think that would suddenly now feel like, oh, that makes sense. Like, oh, I would definitely pay. pay uh, Maybe pay so, yeah. Yeah. But the fact that it's a remake and it's not really made for the platform or maybe not it's not it doesn't feel like necessarily um artful i guess mm -hmm. like it's just like oh you just took that thing and now i now i tap the icon instead of move my cursor to it yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's actually a really good point in that specific case for sure yeah 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 um but just thinking more about reference points too i i included a link in our little secret chat uh, <laughs> uh -huh. to to a game called solar settlers because I think I'd also like to make the distinction. So what's particular for me about the two games we played for this month is that I think there are different levels, even on Steam, that are in between sort of highly polished games and, again, for lack of a better term, what we'll call game jam games. Um, and Solar Settlers for me is a really good example of that mechanically. Yeah. So it's, it's, its art style is pretty basic and it looks like it's the kind of art I would make if I were making a game and I didn't have an artist and I'd be like here's my art um, but the mechanics of that game I found super compelling you know I I, I picked it up for I think it cost 10 bucks um, and I think I've even got I got it on sale for like six or something so it was yeah. literally the same price as 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 one of the games we played this month and um, and I played it I think I played it about 30 hours um, and I, I would go back to it again. It's, it's, it's the mechanics are really smart and they're really uh, exciting and they balance really well. And so I just, I wanted to kind of think about that as well, that there are these, I don't think it's just either you, you're putting something up there that's like, um, you know, super basic or you're putting up something that's, that's like a major release. I think both mechanically and aesthetically, there are kind of a lot of tiers um, on Steam and, probably on itch too. I just Absolutely, haven't, I haven't yeah. been there as uh, enough to know, but, but for sure on steam, I've, I've found some real gems that were really beautiful, but not that mechanically interesting. And I found some real gems that were not that beautiful and, and probably didn't sell that well because they didn't look that good on a store page, but the mechanics of them were really strong. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to add that to the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, um, yeah, I and so I love games like that when I find them, honestly, like, because mm -hmm. then I feel proud of like, oh, I looked past this game being ugly and now it's I know that it's amazing. <laughs> right. Uh, so there's like a weird sense of like gem hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, and that's one thing I like about itch as well. It's a very much the same way, even just among like free titles. Mm -hmm. Um but I and, and Brad, like earlier, you mentioned that you don't want to be the type of person that refunds games. Yeah, um, I'm 100% completely agree with you there that that it's very hard for me to ever want to justify that or leave a negative review or do any right. of these things, because I know how much, you know, each and every sale and each and everything like matters for these to very small devs. Mm -hmm. um, these games did push that a little bit. I was I you know, it was the thought cross my mind yeah same <laughs> and that same. was something i did not expect to happen um and i do feel like it's a level of 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 yeah of like there's i think there's a difference between a game that just doesn't look good or just you know but then there, then there's also games that just don't do anything interesting really mm -hmm. at all um and yeah. And yeah, these definitely seem a gray area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's wild to me too about um, Airy, because you had you had sort of portrayed it as a meditative experience, um, which I think it probably <laughs> could be. But I actually found I know it, where you're going. With I this. found it actually really frustrating. So, yeah. <laughs> so I I was like, okay, there are these little glowy things for me to collect, um, but but. So I went to try to collect them and I found it really hard, hard. Yeah. you know, and I was like, this is like, I'm really frustrated. Just like, I, I, I flew like nine passes on this one. I'm like, Oh, I missed it again. Make yeah. my big sweeping turn. And, and then you, have, you, you almost the trail really long. Yeah. Trail you almost need a reticle, uh -huh. a, a, something well, to, to show where your center is. And this you know? is, this is, and so this comes back. So, one of the things when you were talking before about like pushing the boundary and what the gray area for refunds. So I think even people who don't design games are getting more sophisticated about what's required to design them. And so, and, and again, I'm not trying to be harsh on these particular games, but, right. but Aerie is a game that the five of us could put together in an evening. 
um, like in Unity, you could, if you already had the art assets. Yeah. Like, and so the, it's harder for me to be, um, I think it's harder for me to be yeah. generous with a game when I feel like, again, it, I could imagine somebody putting the whole game together in a day or two and then pushing it to Steam. Especially and so, with how many of them there are that presumably yeah, have the exact same mechanics exactly. without any sort yeah. of iterative yeah. improvement. And so then um, I feel like I'm, it's harder for me. And again, with a basic UI element, like if you're going to ask me to collect something, it would be awesome if there were a center to that thing that made it clear what I was aiming at. <laughs> so I didn't pass yeah. by it eight times. And again, I'm, I... I know what we're trying to do with this conversation, but at the same time, it's like, what is the lower boundary for kind of the, the work required to sell something? And, and how do we manage that in relation to the refund policy? Like if you, if you start playing a game and you're like, wow, this game, you know, it, it doesn't feel like any work was put into it. Is that a legitimate reason to say, and, and you know, and also I don't, I don't think I would ever play it now that I've played it for 20 minutes. Um, well, so here's here's my question, because I'm trying to think of this from like Steam's perspective, the the abstract entity yeah. that it is. Um, I guess Valve's perspective. Um, so, what so far we have been talking about the refund policy as a thing that is harmful for developers that just make short, yeah. often beautiful, often really well designed games. They just happen mm -hmm. to be short, and it punishes them. Yep. Uh, but you know, but there's also games like this that it's like, wow, this game isn't good, and I just don't want it, mm -hmm. and I didn't spend much time with it. Um, how would this is a big question. I'm sure if we have the answer, they, they're, you know, <laughs> then, then we're doing great things for the industry. But um, how <laughs> is it possible to have a distinction between those things in a way that can allow people to feel like, you know, that they can buy games with some sort of guarantee that they're going to get a game uh, that is, is at least, you know, competent. Sure. Um, and still allow for these shorter experiences. Is there is there an answer basically? And maybe this is a conversation right. we should save for like the end of the season after we've had more time to think on it and play these different games. But um, I, I think bringing up that distinction is is absolutely valid. And uh, yeah, and I, I I don't have an answer for it either. Uh, but it, it's it's it is interesting when. Uh, People like you and I, and I, I kind of assume all five of us, we're, we're not the kind of people who are going to try to cheat game designers out of, you know, I'm going to play this game and then get rid of it uh, as quickly as, you know, right below my two hour uh, mm -hmm. time putting in. Um, we're, we're not, not only are we like that, but we are very much pro uh, um, trying to make sure that small game design places get paid. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a good question. I just I, like you, Olivia, I had the uh, the question going in my head, like I could return this game that I've only that I spent six bucks on and only played for 30 minutes and probably will never go back and play again um, for for a tiny uh, what model village, model town, model city, model city. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Too many tiny model village world places, landscapes. Right, right. Um, and and I did. I went back and forth with that. And, you know, of course, I erred on the side of, uh, no, I, I still it's only six bucks. I still want to support the person mm -hmm. for doing this. But, yeah, there. I don't know of a way. I don't know of how to. Uh, so, um, how and to I also that. I also want to say that there um, that, you know, I guess one argument would be that if, you know, the two hour thing for like quote unquote good games that are getting shafted by it um is that people can also just pirate them anyway mm -hmm. so like not having that restriction really maybe wouldn't wouldn't really help the problem um and that that's another yeah. element that may be worth considering yeah and that's kind of a that's even an older older consideration than than valve and steam and refund policies and all that the whole idea of pirating games altogether uh, mm -hmm. yeah it's that's, and, that's a whole Steam, other episode. <laughs> and Steam would rather have them buy the game through their platform and then refund it through their platform and have them play it through their DRM yeah. than to have them, you know what I mean? So that is even yeah. <laughs> something to think about too. I yeah. think 
a potential solution Valve may have even been trying, or at least it's near, you know, it's it's something that's close, is is their curation um thing that they're that I mean that's still active as far as I know. You can follow yeah. someone and kind of see what they like and uh you know sort of the the things that they recommend and the list that they put together gotta update the podcast steam curator crap yeah we do (laughs) (laughs) because for and this is just an example um you know because joe you know you mentioned it's missing a reticule and and you can't really a reticle and and it's not um easy to hit the um the the targets and and for me, my biggest complaint about Aerie is just that the music is not actually calming. And that, <laughs> and, and that there, there's a few like um, graphic effects that um, that just like stress out my eyes instead of calm me down. Yeah, yeah. And but... so, but like if, if, the, if the developer actually only addressed one set of those things, mm-hmm. then one of us might be like, okay, you've, you've done it. Like now this is something I might be willing to recommend, even though mm-hmm. it's still kind of yeah. probably but the other one might be like no this is not something i can recommend right yeah. well and i mean the, the other thing that's wild to me is um aries got n- like 96 percent positive reviews now it has only very very few it's got 53 which is a tiny number for for steam but um but 96 percent of the reviewers have rated it positively um which i i guess surprised me um yeah, you know, because same. because the thing like you were kind of asking about, like one way that you could manage you, you could manage this. Right. Is that in theory, people would look at the reviews and they'd go, oh, well, OK, this game's 96 percent positive, which is ridiculously high on Steam. There are very few games that are that high. But um, so you'd be like, OK, well, I, I guess I'll buy it. And but then I think I would feel misled. Um, because I would be like, what is it that people are reviewing <laughs> when they, yeah. um, you know, and, and again, th- that I think is part of the challenge of this is that pe- people will leave positive or negative reviews for very different reasons, which I think is what Robbie was getting at. Um, but the, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the only possible way you could fix it maybe would be to have certain kinds of games ask for exemptions, right? Like you could go to Steam and say, my game is is under two hours long. I'd like I need an exemption or something. And, yeah, and Steam would make that possible. Um, That's a really smart idea. But I think it might like, and then essentially when you purchase the game, there'd be like a message in the purchase screen that says this game is you know meant to be played in less than two hours, so it has an exemption from Steam Steam's refund policy. Yeah, um, you know. And I I know part of the challenge with the refund policy is that. Uh, it's actually mandated by some of the regions that Steam sells in. Oh, I think, oh. I think Australia in particular. Um, so I don't know how much flexibility those they have. Australians always messing yeah, it up yeah, for the rest of it. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Man, those that's, guys. that's the only reason there is a refund. <laughs> that's a great on Steam as far as I'm over. Aware. We figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tanner. That was that's, so helpful. Right? Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think that, um, and this this applies more to to model city i think than than airy but um i think one thing that would help is uh you know broader broader communities for aspiring game developers right because um well while i may not feel like model city is something that i would you know go out of my way to find and pay six bucks for um it's the kind of thing that i would be super excited if somebody brought to the meetup Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, because it's you can see that they've they've worked on this and there's there's some momentum there, um, and you know for for the majority of people I imagine who are interested in game design, they don't have that kind of community that you can share with, mm-hmm. um, and and posting it just to the internet is, you know, uh, a droplet in a uh, a torrent <laughs> well small games yeah, yeah. you know so and uh, there's also the the cognitive element of i don't think i've ever bought a game whose like original price is less than five bucks on steam um because i'm just like oh well it's it's a it's a game that costs a dollar 99 on steam 
Like, mm. why would I bother with that? And so in a weird way, pricing it higher could actually get you, you, you know, a net gain in terms of mm -hmm. people seeing the game. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. Is that yeah? That is an element too that I've I've definitely read about how yeah the price of your game literally does affect the visibility of the game in some cases mm -hmm. on Steam. And part of the problem is that you know their algorithm for visibility is completely you know <laughs> opaque. Like, right. um, and so we can only speculate on some of this stuff. And we can also you know there's lots of of ways to sort of speculate you know how these games end up on steam like mm. i and, and and it might be that you know it might be somebody who's just like yeah how do i get more people to see my game well games go on steam um so right. i'm gonna pay the 150 bucks or whatever whatever they take now i don't even remember <laughs> um and and so here we go right and mm -hmm. just because they can um and part of me likes that but also part of me realizes that you know that's the steam isn't the place the platform for that it's itch right yeah, yeah um, and yeah. which is which is a competitor to steam but also has this very different energy and very different mm -hmm. and and again i don't i don't feel like that there should be like oh this game goes here this game goes here right but yeah. um but yeah well can i ask a question um how would you guys feel not as people who actually have to publish games on steam which we are but um Hypothetically, what if Steam raised the entry fee? Like, so what if Steam said it's a thousand dollars to put a game on Steam, but maybe we're going to only take twenty-five percent, or you know, there's they they adjust the the entry fee and the take-home whatever, or something. But basically, the bottom line is, what if they raised the fee to a place where it started to weed out people who were doing just like, hey, it's a hundred bucks. I've got a hundred bucks. You know, I would, I would probably be way more likely to spend a lot more time on itch.io. I, mm. I would feel much worse about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think so. I would, I would rather people just be able to, to just put their stuff up there. And okay. yeah, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. torn because yeah, on one hand, I'm like, there should not be any barriers to putting your game on a platform because all they do is host the game right yeah. they don't really provide much of a service and, and and in terms of you could argue that they're doing some sort of curation right yeah but they really aren't like not not really um right yeah and i didn't mean so much from the the point of view of exploiting labor which i think you know <laughs> there are lots of reasons to talk about how all platforms exploit labor right yeah. so apple and amazon and everybody um but i meant more in terms of the natural curation process that would occur um and that used to occur not when they had a fee but when they had a literally we won't let you put the game on until we've reviewed it um and decided that you can put it on there um well there would be a natural limiter um I mean, in I, theory, that's that's the, the piece that might that I was sort of more curious about. Right. And, I, I just don't want to play games that are only by people with money. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, no, like that, that's, maybe, the, that's the thing for me, too. Wow. Yeah. Maybe the quality in air quotes would be would be better. But like uh, it, would, it, it would it's like only subscribing to um, to one news source or something like that. Like you're you're limiting yourself from experiencing things that might otherwise be good. Oh yeah, well, no, sure. But, and yeah. I think, I think that like, if Steam were the only place you could release games, I think that would, would kind of go without saying, but, but if, That's so true. if I, if I have a game I made over the weekend and I want to post it somewhere, I think part of the argument I've been hearing through this whole podcast is I can easily do that on itch. Right. So mm -hmm. I can be like, Hey, all right, here's check out my game. And maybe I form a community there or I sort of grow an audience. Whereas, in theory, like I, I go to Steam because I want to find the very best games. <laughs> like, like I want to be overjoyed by the games I play every time I buy one on Steam. And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. And I'm not saying the answer is to raise the, the fee. I'm just, one of the challenges. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the challenges of Steam, right, is that it went from hosting, you know, a, a couple of thousand games to hosting, you know, having like a thousand games a day released on it. And, you know, that's an exaggeration, but you, you, I think you guys get the point, right? Like, so. Is it an exaggeration? <laughs> um, I'm not sure it is. <laughs> I mean, I think it's somewhere like, it's like four or 5,000 a month, which is still yeah. a, a huge wow. number, yeah. right? So 
So then it, the question becomes, well, we're asking Steam to use these the opaque algorithm that, that Olivia described to somehow make your game visible. But, you know, and I, again, I don't know that the answer is raising the fee, but, but it would be nice if the very best games were the most visible games. Yeah. So it would have the effect, I think, if, if they go to a system like that, that yeah, less games like these two games would be on their platform. Now, whether or not that is a good thing or not, mm -hmm. I'm really torn on. Yeah. Um, and and well, my gut tells me it's not, but okay. I, you know, I, but it also is just, because part of the issue is that Steam is the de facto like game marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. If, so it's, 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 it's a matter of wanting more act like it's it not having that monopoly is is requisite i think yeah. so if if essentially if if the situation you described happened mm -hmm. and then as a result itch was more of a thing mm -hmm. <laughs> for more people to sure. know about and to just you know engage with you know the wild west of games <laughs> development um then i don't feel like it would be nearly as concerning but but yeah if they raise that value all that's going to mean is yeah, that people who can't afford that, like individuals who might have really, really great ideas, even if the execution is not as subpar. Mm. And also people from countries where the currency conversion makes that almost, you know, yeah, yeah, impossible. Yeah. Sure. Um, so there's lots of reasons I think that would be a real big problem. But, mm -hmm. um, but you know, it, it's... I don't know. I feel like this is a whole bigger conversation that I, we're totally drifting from talking about <laughs> these games. But but I also feel like it's important to think about, you know, who is in control of what games we play yeah. and see and why. Yeah. It's not epic, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is the natural conversation to have when we're talking about these short games like this. And uh, Joe, you brought up, you, you asked the sort of uh, hypothetical question earlier of, um, what if they did raise the price and what kind of games and what what how that would relate to quality uh, being on Steam? But I mean, think about a lot of the games that we played that are uh, single person or very small studio, uh, the Norwood Suite and uh, Tales of Spaceport Janitor. And, uh, I, you know, I could go on and on. We've, mm -hmm. we've had a, a pretty long history on this. You know, we're eight seasons now. And the majority of the games that we played, I believe, have been relatively small unknown studios like that or, or a single person sure uh and a lot of those games just blew us away and were totally fantastic so i i think that's a partial answer to that question what if they turned it up to a thousand dollar uh entry fee you, we wouldn't see most of those games we we wouldn't see a, a ton of those uh those kinds of games and so yeah hopefully I don't think that's a good solution. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, it is a definitely interesting thing to consider, though, because these are all the th this like Steam has the power to do this, right? And, mm -hmm. and yeah, and yeah. if they do that, it would fundamentally change. Yeah, what games get made? Yeah. Not even just what games we see, but also what games get made, because mm -hmm. that's another thing with this season, you know. Is, is that I feel like is interesting is that I, because I've been reading people talk about like, oh, I want to make this game, but it would be short. Mm -hmm. So I'm either going to pad it out with content or not make that game and make a different game right, because yeah. I want to be able to sell it on Steam, right? So that's the power that Steam already has over what games get made and what right. you know, who gets to make games. And so- And Summer, um, Summer of 58 was just in the news, right? Amica Games with their- um, Yeah. You know, Basically, the developer tweeting that he, you know, he was going to stop being a game developer because of the absurd number of re refunds on Summer '58. So yeah, and that's despite the game being really popular yeah, among its and really like successful audience. Yeah, 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 beautiful, high reviews. Everything's great about it, but everybody finishes it in under two hours and then just returns it, or most yeah. people. So, um, and that's the kind of game I think. Like when we originally set up the theme for this season, that was the the kind of thing I think we were really concerned about. Like really good games that just happen to take less than two hours. Yeah. And may and not have replayability. Yeah. And yeah, and, and again, yeah, that and the sad thing is that yeah, so many people 
just don't make those games because mm-hmm. of that, right? People at least that are being very savvy to, you know, wanting the game to be marketable on Steam and want to keep make it their careers and or even like a side source of income as opposed to just throwing yep. the game out there and if people buy it, they buy it, right? Mm-hmm. The key is, I think, to have a, a cliffhanger at one hour and 59 <laughs> minutes. Uh, a, massive, yes. a massive twist so that people can't put it down for that last two minutes and then yes. they cross the two-hour threshold. You Or you do, you know, have a bunch of Metal Gear 3 style um, uh, ladders you have to climb up that, exactly. that, are, that just play, play, play a soundtrack over. It's like an hour and 55 minutes. You've just entered the maze. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but that's the thing is that it's actually, that's actually happening. Like games are like, I have to add something. To get to two hours. Hopefully. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not, it's not like a completely like humongous problem, but it is definitely a problem. I think in terms of making like really great game, like, I'm, you know, like, I don't know. I guess there's some films that do that too. Like, I don't know. Peter Jackson. Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) But um, yeah, like it's, yeah. Go ahead, Robbie. I think, I mean, has anybody added an achievement yet? That's just, that just triggers it two minutes and one second or two hours and one second or two hours and a a minute. (laughs) That's so smart. (laughs) <laughs> but also I feel like not, I, I also feel like a lot of people just don't think of it as being, they, they just don't think of it as being bad or, or sure they, they have, you know, you know what I mean? Like if, if there was a triple a game that had an achievement that triggered at two hours and one minute, that was, that was, I mean, do, do we curse on this podcast? I don't remember. <laughs> you can go have. for it. Okay. So if, if like a triple a game, like not, not necessarily medal of honor or, or whatever the other one is call of duty i don't know some, something big just that triggered and that something popped up and said you know um not a piece of shit <laughs> at like two hours and one minute thank you for not refunding right if that came up and everybody was like oh is that bad like if it just if like yeah. the idea that there's any shame related to it at all yeah. was suddenly pushed in front of someone's face i think that might cause them to think differently later on. Yeah. But as it is, it's just kind of like, well, why, why not? You know, like, like the people who, um, you know, uh, something breaks and you go buy something that works from the store and then swip, swap the box and go return it. If they let you do it, I mean, whatever, like, you yeah. know, they, they make plenty, plenty of money. Why not? Yeah. Well, and, and, and I feel like the, the thing though, is that I, I at least feel like it should be the platform's responsibility as opposed to the game's responsibility to communicate what is and isn't. Because like, for example, like also, you know, a lot of people don't realize that leaving a downvote, like a negative review on a game is hugely impactful compared to, like, is it yeah. takes like what, like like 20 positive reviews to offset it or something like, yeah. um, you know, because of the way that they do their, their like, you know, positive review system and people just don't realize that and they shouldn't, and that's not their fault that they're like, oh, well, you know, I liked it, but I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. So I'm going to downvote it. And that is really hurtful, but people just, that's just not communicated. And, and, and even further, you know, Steam's gone on to reward people for, for posting goofy or funny or dunk Mm -hmm. reviews with their like award system. Yes. And so it's really, it's, 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 I just feel like the platform is, should handle it. Um, but hey, I do so, feel like you're right that I feel like if people knew, you know, or had as much of a, I don't know. I, I, so I, I, I like 90% completely agree with you that like they, they do have a huge responsibility for fostering um, their community a little bit, but I will just for the sake of argument, make one other uh, statement, I guess. It, is that Steam's fault or is it the fault of the internet like and the way mm-hmm. people are? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the poor nature of our... Yes. <laughs> you might as well just blame Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes down like the yep. domino meme. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Zuckerberg 
makes a <laughs> website so that they can he can rate how hot his classmates are. Yeah. And then the biggest domino is some now, some game no. studio suffers on Steam. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's or 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 people people taking uh uh horse dewormer because they played it in a game somewhere <laughs> yes <laughs> told them to that's right the, that's the long play uh -huh. but to answer your question robbie i i do i still feel like it's the the reason people i feel like platforms encourage or like it's it's like their responsibility to discourage mm -hmm. behavior like that on them not that you know people aren't gonna troll like trolls are gonna troll right but like right. I just, there's just so many ways in which um, that yeah. these problems are there because of the framework. Because like uh, the average person is interacting earnestly with the system, I would say, right? Yeah. They're trying to use it the correct way. They're not trying to harm the creators of things that they, you know, consume. They're just like, mm, I didn't like it, downvote. Or I thought it was good, but one problem, downvote. Um, yep. You have a lot of faith in the average person. I guess well, I do. I there's, mean, <laughs> there's also right the the kind of logical gates of the system, even in terms of just Steam deciding that there are only two choices you can make about a game. You can either say it's up or down. That's right? sort of yeah. that's I mean, part so, of what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So like, I yeah. mean, and and this is part of we you know we're, we're going to need to wind down soon, but the, there's you know we could also have a whole conversation about the larger implications of wanting automating like basically wanting automation to manage social problems, right? This is basically mm -hmm. what AI is being asked to do in, in tons of games right now, right? I mean, and even whole game platforms are like, well, let's use an AI to root out the bad actors and, you know, like, but right. that's basically what Steam wants. They don't want to have to spend a dollar, you know, on on getting these problems solved. They just want to have somebody bring them some fancy tech and they'll be like, oh, cool, that'll, that'll solve this problem. But, so, mm -hmm. yeah, but I, I mean... mean Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say even something as simple as having more than two options to to respond to a game would would probably give a lot more sophisticated view of what you're buying. So yeah, no, that that's what I was gonna gonna say. Like I I completely agree. Like there there's a lot of very simple things that they could do, and I do think that there are a lot of companies and corporations that are looking to do very needlessly complicated things, I would say, like get AI and stuff like that when really, and, and it's interesting because Valve, they're game designers. It, they, they don't need, they don't need a, some fancy AI or a new algorithm. They really just need just a few more options for their users, like get their users to-, to They at least used to be game developers. <laughs> well, yeah, they, yeah, they used to. Well, no, they're, they're still working no, on yeah, that's not fair. That's Whatever. not fair. <laughs> well, I mean, Portal you're, 3. You're saying, yeah. uh, you're saying that they need more options. Uh, I feel like the refund policy was an attempt at adding another option. It's just, well, it's, it's, it's such a flat, again, it's a, such a binary option, right? right. So, uh, yeah, okay. like there, there's this study that, or not study, but this thing that people would mention all the time that I don't, I think it's been debunked by now, but the idea that like in cultures where they have many different words for different shades of blue, for example, they're better able to pick out the different shades of blue. Whereas Western cultures that have less words can only recognize a, a limited number. Mm -hmm. So like, if you, if you give the users, if you're, if you're teaching them to only think of games as good and bad, like thumbs up, thumbs down, mm -hmm. then they're going to have like unsophisticated ways of engaging with games. But if you give them more options. Yeah, like a smiley face or a heart. Sorry, or, that was really I totally agree. But I, I just, it was cracking me up because I was thinking like, that's exactly what Facebook did, right? And their answer right. was like, here's the ha-ha and here's right. the like, <laughs> right? And so Are then we just- about the care emoji. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I would love, and again, I kind of I'm talking over the top of you, Robbie, but I just like I think you're I think we're on the same page on this. I would love for them to like sure keep the up and down arrow, but also like have like I don't know, if you actually open the game to look at it, maybe there's a thing where it's like 70% of users thought this game was really, you know, heart, 
warming or like, you know, like, so you start to get a feel, not just of the genre, but the kind of emotional effect, or, I mean, there's, there's lots of things you could ask people to do when they review a game that could be optional, but some people would still do them. So Um, more of a mood map. Or yeah, anything. Exactly. It also just brings to mind to me that they give you more options for reviewing reviews than they do games. Exactly. Because <laughs> you can give them up, down, or funny, I yes. think, are the yep. options, which is just weird yeah. already. But like, yeah, it literally has more. No, judgment. totally. Yeah. And, well, and down votes on reviews affect them less than they do games. Yeah. Which <laughs> like, is absurd. <laughs> yeah, no, because it, it is weird when you see a game that you know deals with really harsh subjects and then next to it, it says overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe Reddit has, I, I, I tend to think that Reddit and their karma system works a whole lot more um, judiciously, maybe, if that's the good word to use, than, than the like buttons on, say, a Facebook uh-huh. and the karma and being able to award uh, uh, k- karma stickers and things like that. Yeah. In, and in some that ways, seems it to go like a long way. They're emulating that with their award, review awards, but they're doing it very poorly in my yeah. opinion. Well, right. and just, I just want to echo what you said a minute ago, <laughs> Olivia, because I just went and looked at one of the review awards. So here's something I would love for you to be able to say about a game. So this is an award, not for a game, but for someone's review. And it's called Poetry. And it says, such elegant prose, a literary feast. And it's got this picture of like a little quill pen being dipped in ink and it's animated. Like, that's for uh, someone's review, right? There are probably hundreds of those little awards that you can, you know, anyway, yeah. I mean, it's, it's absurd that that's what's getting those and not the games themselves. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, that's my whole, that's it. I'm done. I, I, <laughs> we've gotten, we've gotten Joe's ire up. I can tell. I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> like <laughs> totally honest here or serious. And it sounds like a joke. Has anyone ever said that? to someone at valve because that i mean maybe that just literally has never occurred (laughs) never occurred um i i don't know (laughs) they've they've gone they've gone down the path that they're on and you know that's what is that's the horse that they're they're sticking to or i don't know i'm mixing a whole lot of metaphors (laughs) has has anyone here ever has anyone ever met someone who actually works at valve are they i don't even think they're real (laughs) hold on oh they're all ai i think we figured it out it's just they, someone gamified running a game, yes. an online game store. I think Gabe is. It is the game. Is, How meta is that? Yes. Steam exactly. is the game. Um, wow. My mind's totally blown. What about you guys? Uh, so how about uh, we get to closing thoughts here? Uh, we haven't actually mentioned the two games that we have played for about 30 minutes more now. Um, so. Um, I'm going to just pick one of you guys, a Tanner, give us your closing thoughts on this and then we'll move along. Yeah. So, so I think these were both, uh, really interesting games, um, for this season. Uh, it's, you know, it, it is a complicated issue and I think that's why it's, it's worthwhile to talk about, of course. Um, like I said at the start, I think there's, there's a nugget of something interesting in, in both of these, um, like the label asset flip gets thrown around. Uh, and I don't think that asset flips are necessarily bad things, uh, especially when you're, you're trying to, to experiment um, and sort of build your skills. Uh, I, I, I maintain that we need like a better space to share games like at that level. Um, uh, because it, it, we can say the right place for that is itch, and that may be the case. Um, but in terms of how much time we spend, like even us who are relatively into the subject matter, uh, spend browsing itch versus Steam, like how many games we actually look for there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that that just in the current state is the the best solution. Um, but I, I think having a space to, to kind of share games and try them um, could could help, right? Like even even if it was on Steam and they had like a, a game dev community area yeah. where you could upload games for free um, and tag them in specific genres so that if you're in one kind of genre, 
uh, you can go and try out all the new like, city builders people are experimenting with. Um, you I would know, never I, get anything done. Right? I, I, I feel like the, the community area of Steam is underutilized. Uh, and that's, that would go a long way towards um, also like training developers on their platform, right? Like, because you can still host it through Steam and sort of, especially as more competition comes up, uh, sort of fortify your position as the de facto uh, game store um, in developers' minds. But a little bit longer than just my typical closing thoughts. <laughs> well, nice. I, I mean, those are really... I, I think Steam should take a listen to that, and and those are really good, interesting ideas. Uh, so yeah, uh, Joe, how about you? I'm just All throwing right. darts here. Nice. I was gonna just read more Steam review awards, but I decided <laughs> for the next thirty-five minutes. Wholesome, heartwarming, warm blanket. <laughs> those are all awards you can get. Sorry. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm glad we played these two games because I think it sparked a really useful conversation. Um, yeah. I'm glad they exist. I'm glad they're able to be posted on Steam. And I think in the end, I'm glad, as others have said, that Steam has a pretty low barrier, um, even though it does make it harder to find, find games overall. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think if we're asking the question, is, is it valuable to have a refund policy on Steam? And is that policy being abused? And and what can we do about that? These games are sort of in a perfect space to have that conversation. So, um, so I'm glad we did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robbie, um, yeah, I, I I think I agree a lot with what um, Tanner had to say. Um, that I, I feel, and maybe, and you know, obviously, I don't know anything about these developers, so maybe they do have this community, but it does feel like they would benefit from uh having a local community of supportive game developers that they can show things to and have someone say all right maybe push it push a little bit further or have you thought about this you know people to to bounce ideas off of that is different from the wider game dev community on the internet that's really just going to shoot you down but like you know a group of people that's dedicated to bringing people up and giving constructive feedback and and encouraging um and so if i, I don't know that I, I i guess that's that's my review of both of those games and if you're listening to this and interested in game design i i would encourage you to find a local group or or maybe an online group uh that is also similarly supportive and will give you feedback and get in touch with them nice yeah yeah olivia what do you think Me. So, yeah, I do think that these games have complicated how I was conceptualizing the uh, the Steam refund policy and just short games on the platform in general, which I think is a really good thing to think about that. Um, you know, because, and yeah, I say complicated because I, I, on one hand, I mostly am like, yeah, like people should be allowed to sell their game, even if it's mediocre, right? Um, and, I, and yeah, I do feel bad for putting that judgment on these games, but I feel like it's sort of hard to argue that they're doing anything special or anything particularly interesting or innovative. Mm -hmm. um, so, so on one hand, I'm like, yeah, sure, sell it. So you should be able to do that. Um, on another hand, I, I do feel like that sometimes games like this maybe fuel people to, they add fuel to the fire of, you know, of toxic people who say stuff like oh this is a lazy asset flip oh you can put anything on steam like why you know game developers are you know lazy and i could do this and and, and i don't know that this is that these games in particular are responsible for that um but i feel like that's something to consider too is sort of you know um what and, and, and again it's the same conversation earlier like what isn't isn't allowed on the platform and Anyway, so I have a lot of complicated feelings about it, um, but yeah, I'm definitely glad to have a reason to to think and talk about it. And um, if for, I'm I'm glad I didn't refund them if for no other reason that they provided a lot of value to me just just based on this conversation alone. <laughs> so. Yep. Same here. Uh, uh, I, I I and I I I don't believe that uh, either one of these games is that sort of cynical. Uh, 
what did you call it? Asset flip? Yeah, no, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make any assumptions like that about these right. games, right? Because yeah, you can't, yeah. it's, it's just yeah. wanted, wanted to be clear uh, on, on that, that I, I do appreciate. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly had fun with them. Um, Airy probably more than Model City, but uh, I, I think that they were, like you said, if it, the the fact that they sparked this kind of conversation made it certainly worth uh, what we paid for them, or what what I think I paid for them. Um, well, with that, um, that's it for this month. And Olivia, you are up next month. What two games are we going to play in the next episode? Well, I'm glad you asked, Brad, because <laughs> I have two great games on the agenda for us. Uh, this upcoming month. Um, and it's funny because earlier before the podcast, Joe was mentioning mouse mice with swords. Well, I've got mice with guns with yes. uh, <laughs> tooth and yes. tail is one of the games. I'm so into that. Um, <laughs> tooth and tail by pocket watch games, which came out a couple of years ago. And it's sort of like a real time RTS that looks pretty neat. And it's about fighting over resources and communism. All kinds of fun stuff and communism <laughs> and also the longest road on earth which is developed by brainwash gang and published by raw fury uh, which is a very sort of serene uh, musical narrative game uh, that is also about mouse people and their <laughs> lives and that's and where it, we're going that's and that's the that's the metaphor <laughs> yeah. awesome right on i can't wait uh can't wait to play both of those. They look really fantastic. Um, so thanks, everybody, so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and maybe hope that you enjoyed the games, too, if you played those along with us. If you did play along, um, let us know either in the comments on our website or on our Facebook page or join us on Discord. We have a Discord channel and just talk to us about all this kind of stuff and, and uh, get a look at some of the games that we're working on right now, um, including To the Rescue, which should be out here uh, in a while now, in, in, in some months from now. Um, <laughs> and uh, the music that should be playing underneath us right now is Plain Loafer by Kevin McLeod. If you need any music, uh, we'll have a link on the website uh, to some more of his music. Uh, free, good music online. Great stuff. Um, and is there anything else that I've forgotten, guys? Did I say everything? Did I make it? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, thank you again for joining us. We hope to hear you or let you hear us. Was that how that works? Hope to see you? No. Uh, we hope you join us next time. Uh, for a study in games from Little Rock Games. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.